Well, good morning. You know, I've been listening to a, a lecture series on, on YouTube recently by a presenter who talked quite a bit about sacrifice. So I was thinking that that's what my subject is going to be for this morning. It's a word you don't hear a lot these days. And then last Monday, I was contacted by the the, the man who organises the, the VJ service, Victory Against Japan service in town, and asked me if I would take it. Uh, well, it was a week last Monday, wasn't it? Uh, at the memorial. And I thought, yeah, OK, let's talk about, let's talk about sacrifice. Uh, so, it seems to me that when I listen to the news and browse the internet, I, I really hear a word that's very popular as, it's my right, or I know my rights. And that responsibilities or sacrifice, it doesn't crop up that often. But I think deep down, we all realise or would confess that sacrifice is an important thing. So this morning I want to look at sacrifice in three different ways. I want to look at sacrifice with regards to ourselves, sacrifice with regards to others, and sacrifice with regards to Jesus Christ. So first of all, sacrifice with regards to ourselves. I think on this section, I'm on pretty safe ground. I think to a certain extent, we all know that we need to make sacrifices for our future self. Just to clarify what I mean by that, slightly psychological point here. You know, we're not just one person. You know, the Rob Milton that's here today at 53 years old, is very different from the Rob Milton who was around when he was 20 or 30. And the Rob Milton of 53 is going to be different to the Rob Milton of 60 or 70 or 80. And what I'm talking about here is about us making sacrifices now for the benefit of the future you, of the you of the future. That's what I'm talking about here. So an example of that, you know, it might be pertinent to, to some of you as you may be looking at going to university or sixth form college or maybe have, you know, children at Arbor. If you're thinking of going to university or sixth form college, you've got this decision to make. How much time do I spend partying? How much time do I spend having lots of fun? And how much time do I spend studying? And there's a, a balance to be had. There's a sacrifice to be had. You may have to sacrifice some of the things you want to do in order for the benefit of your future self. And I would encourage you to do that. Uh, I know my time at university, you know, we're aware of people that didn't do that and the future self would have not been too thankful of that point. Or maybe something that others you can relate to, maybe I can definitely relate to uh, more myself at my stage in life, is that I'm having to make decisions now to sacrifice some of the things I enjoy doing or eating be it cakes or crisps, for the benefit of my future self, for that rob building of the future, so that maybe I don't end up with heart disease, etc., etc., etc. So that idea of, of uh, sacrificing in the present is in order for future benefit for ourselves is, is uh, 
not anything that's really alien to us. And although we understand it, it's still hard to do, still not that easy, even though we understand you know, the benefits of it. Even though we understand that maybe we should spend less time watching TV, sacrifice some of these programs you like watching, and maybe spend more time studying your Bible or praying or whatever it may be. Although we understand the long-term benefits of doing that, it's still hard to do. So let me encourage you to, to identify where you could make sacrifices in your current life for the benefit of your future self. Now, I also want to think now about sacrifice for others. Now, that's an area that's a little bit harder. Jesus says in John chapter 14 and verse 13, we heard it read last week in Beck's talk, greater love has no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friend. We will all know of men and women, perhaps in past wars, perhaps due to fires or catastrophes or earthquakes or tsunamis, who have given the ultimate sacrifice, given up their life for other people. Now, I'm not expecting nor suggesting that we should be looking to do that. But I am suggesting that we should be thinking less of our rights and more about what we can do for the benefit of our society, of our town, of our church, our family. This does seem harder to do. For one, there doesn't seem to be any personal gain in doing it. Not that I'm saying there should be personal gain in doing it. But I do actually believe that when we do start sacrificing ourselves for others, that we actually do gain in many different ways. I like, uh, I like just to expand on that a little bit more. You know, if we look at the, the philosophy of Jesus, we can see that revealed. For example, in, in Matthew chapter 6, he talks about giving where he encouraged us to, to give to others without making a song and dance about it, you know, in simple terms. And we can see it in the way the early church lived. If we look at our reading, and you can look at that reading yourself in more detail from Acts chapter 4, we can see that the philosophy that they had taken on, their way of life, was sacrificing their rights to their possessions, willingly giving away their possessions in some instances, for the benefit of others, so others were in need. Which, you know, you can see that throughout Acts and throughout the, the, the teachings of Jesus. You know, when I was young, I used to go to Sunday school. We used to sing a song in Sunday school and it went, J-O-Y, J-O-Y, this is what it means. Jesus first, ourself last and others in between. Or Jesus first, yourself last and others in between. Otherwise you don't spell joy, you spell you. Uh, so Jesus first, yourself last and others in between. And I believe that song was right. Putting others before ourselves is a recipe for joy. Bill Gates once said that uh, he, he never really truly understood contentment until he started giving lots away. Now, I'm not suggesting that he's a hero. Uh, or in the least bit hard done by, but 
he did have a change of thinking and did get involved in sacrifice. In many ways, our society was built, you know, on people sacrificing their time, their talents, their money for the benefit of others. That's the foundation of Christianity as well. It's what Christ said in the Great Commission. Go into the world and preach the gospel and make disciples. You know, think about what he's saying there. He's saying, don't focus on yourself and your needs and your wants, but sacrifice your needs and wants, your goals and ambitions, so you can go into the world and preach the gospel. You know, evangelism is us sacrificing our time so that others can gain. It's what the first disciples did. We believe from history slash tradition that, that all the disciples ended up, you know, losing their lives because of their sacrifice for others. But for us, it may require a, a reordering of our priorities, perhaps sacrificing some of our personal desires for the benefit of others. You know, I remember watching a, a, a war film, uh, Captain Corelli's Mandolin. And in that, that film, Captain Corelli fell in love with, with, with this, this woman. And he was in the, uh, the, the, the Italian army uh, on a Greek island. And basically, uh, the, the Germans took over. And even though he was in the Italian army, he was ended up t taking, you know, prison, fighting for the resistance. Anyway. The, the, his kind of girlfriend's brother, his girlfriend said to his brother, look after him, please. And the, the Captain Corelli and his girlfriend's brother ended up getting captured by the Germans. And they've been taken back to prison camp where they were dropped off in this field. And suddenly they realised they weren't going to be taken back to the prison camp, but they were going to be shot. And as the machine gun started firing on them, uh, the, this, you know, Greek guy's girlfriend's brother just dived in front of Captain Corelli, wrapped his arms, a big guy, wrapped his arms round him and took the bullets and they both fell to the ground. And Captain Corelli survived, as you know the story, and this guy didn't. He, he gave his life for Captain Corelli and it, it was a, it's a very vivid picture. And you'll all know other stories of that, uh, uh, of different things in the past. It was interesting when I was listening to uh, the debate in Parliament this Wednesday past to see how often the word sacrifice was brought up. And it seems to accomplish big dreams, big visions, big tasks. Sacrifice is required. We sacrifice ourselves for the benefit of others. So let me encourage you to reflect on how you can do that in your, in your future. Finally, I just want to touch and think about sacrifice of Christ. So let me just expand on that idea, that concept of Christ's sacrifice and what it means. You see, to, to live forever with God, we need to be perfect. And we're not. We all know that. None of us are. And Romans chapter 6 and 23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us have hit the standard to live with God forever. We've all sinned, we've all done things wrong. Romans 3 and 23 said, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So Paul is saying in Romans chapter 3 and 23 that what sin earns, what it results in, is the consequences of doing wrong things, 
is death. We, we, we die. But God wanted to do something about it. But the gift of God is eternal life. The good news in, in this, this story about Christ's sacrifice is that God wanted us to live with him forever. He wanted us to be able to have a relationship with him forever. And he decided to do something about it. He became a man, Jesus Christ. And he then sacrificed himself on the cross. He died that we might live. His perfect sacrifice means that we don't have to pay the price of the things that we have done wrong. But we do have to do something. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you're saved. So we don't earn it. We don't warrant it. We just receive it as a gift. Paul says in Galatians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9, For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. Not, not of yourself, it's a gift of God. Not by good works so that no one can boast. So let me be clear here. Coming to church is not what gets you eternal life. Believing in God is not what gets you eternal life. Reading your Bible is not what gets you eternal life. Being good is not what gets you eternal life. Even though all these things I would advocate you do. It's accepting Christ's sacrifice, accepting what he did for you, putting him in charge of your life. That's how you get a relationship with God now and forever. Or some people might say that's how you become a Christian, get saved, a born again, access abundant life or any other word you want to use to express that. But in doing that, we are declaring that Jesus is Lord. We are, in, in essence, sacrificing the control of our lives to God, saying he is the Lord, he's the master, and I'm his servant. Paul called himself a servant, um, and, and, and rightly so. Jesus himself uses that analogy and says that a servant has no rights. He or she is only there to serve his master. We... When we declare Jesus is Lord, are here to serve Jesus. But in doing that, the relationship is transformed. Jesus says, I no longer call you servant, but friend. We sacrifice our lives to Jesus and then find out that it's no sacrifice at all. I can't think, help but think of Elton John when I say that line. It's no sacrifice. If you don't know the song, look it up. It's, it's a great one. You know, as we get to know and fall in love with Jesus, what at first looked like a sacrifice for us, you realise it's not one at all. Especially when you get to understand that as you follow his will and accept his guidance, it's actually the best thing for us. Putting the creator of the world in the, the driver's seat of your life is a good call. Accepting that he knows best is really a sign of wisdom if not common sense. But let me be clear, God's sacrifice was a real sacrifice. One that we can only in some way relate to. God sacrificed himself and God the Father sacrificed God the Son. 
although Jesus was a willing participant. But what what Jesus went through was real, was tortures, was mind-boggling, and was done out of love. He sacrificed himself so that we could live with him now and forever. His death and resurrection is what drove the early disciples on, according to our reading, and is the gift that we need to grasp. I want to encourage you this morning, if you haven't done so already, to say, Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. I declare you as my Lord. I want to live my life for you and with you always. In doing that, we're told in Acts and in Ephesians chapter 4 that you will receive the Holy Spirit inside you somehow. Which sounds crazy and awesome at the same time, but God will come and live in us in the form of the Holy Spirit, which is amazingly cool. If you've done this before, let me encourage you to rededicate yourself to Christ now, to make a new, a renewed decision to sacrifice your priorities to his priorities in order to make most of the time that we have here. I don't think that as Christians that we can read about all the things, the things that did in Acts, regretted doing the things that they did. So, in summary, what do you think? Are you willing to make personal sacrifices for the benefit of your future self? Are you willing to sacrifice yourself for the benefit of others? And finally, what are you going to do about Christ's sacrifice for you?